Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Seriously, it's better than Letterman. Is that a Ben Robin Robbo exclusive? <laughs> And I think you guys are amazing. I didn't like I that want to come on this show all the time because no other show would ever set me up with that much room for danger. Ben Rob and Robbo. Streaming across the globe, Ben Norris, Rob McKnight and David Robinson. Ben Rob and Robbo. Hello there, it's the random live shot of the day. I don't know, Ben and Robbo, why I've got that song in my head. Where are we going today? You never know It's where. a wonderfully written song. It's, it's beautifully <laughs> performed. It's just, why it's not on the top of the ARIA charts, I don't know. Why we I, don't play it at the top no of the show every day, I don't know. I think mm. we could do that for mm. something different. Slap yeah. him, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's good to have your company on this Tuesday. Can you believe it's only Tuesday? There is so much happening in the world. We will be talking to Christine Arnoux, who was eliminated from The Masked Singer last night. Sam Dastiari is also coming up to talk to cut through the political BS, and he will or he will be talking about the comeback of someone. Who's on the comeback trail? We'll find out. And there's a lot happening in entertainment. And boys. I'm in the headlines of the Daily Mail today and when you first see your picture up there, you start to think, oh, what have I done this time? So, Ben, you're going to bring us up to speed with what I have done. Yeah, I know, but you know what's so exciting is that because you are a part of the entertainment news this week, I'll be allowed to do entertainment. It's so great. <laughs> that is the most true thing ever spoken. That is We'll, get just we'll the be getting Mail, through these $5. hot topics fast. Yeah, I know. Can you imagine, can anyone playing at home, when you see entertainment start at 35 minutes past the hour, (laughs) you know, just, yeah, just be excited. Be warned. Be warned. We'll have a lot to unpack. Well, thank you very much, Ben, for uh, putting my narcissism on display. And I tell you, pot kettle from you two. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, Look, I want to take one moment, though, and wish a dear friend of the show a happy birthday. I don't do this often, but Leah, who um, has housed me many times and looked after our family, good dear family friend who also um, watches the show religiously, happy birthday to you. We are thinking of you. Happy birthday, Leah. Happy birthday. Beautiful woman. Happy birthday. All right. Let's get into today's show. And before we bring you up to speed with our hot-button topics, let's have a look at the latest coronavirus news from around the country. To Victoria first, there have been 222 new cases in the past 24 hours, the lowest number of daily detections in a month. Sadly, though, there have been 17 new deaths, with 13 of those linked to aged care. 
A Melbourne epidemiologist warns that it is unlikely that the city will open up anytime soon and suspects the Stage 2 restrictions will be in place until a vaccine is found. To New South Wales now, and there have been three new cases in the past 24 hours, with one of those being in a hotel quarantine, one from a known cluster, and the final one is still under investigation. Despite this huge improvement, the city of South of Sydney East has been declared a hotspot, which includes the suburbs of Sydney, Surrey Hills, Darlinghurst, Woolloomooloo, Potts Point, Rushcutters Bay, Elizabeth Bay and Centennial Park. This joins the already hotspot suburbs of Campbelltown, Canterbury, Bankstown, Cumberland, Fairfield, Liverpool and Parramatta. The rail, tram and bus union is threatening to strike for 48 hours next week unless the New South Wales government makes wearing masks compulsory on public transport. Over to Queensland now, and the state is now in its 29th day without community transmission, despite concerns for three elderly people at an aged care facility on the Sunshine Coast. All three tests came back negative, and the state now has only seven active cases. Premier Anastasia Palaget has said that they have no intention of opening the borders to any state or territory that still has community transmission, and thinks it will take a Christmas miracle for the borders to open to Victoria any time before the festive season. Western Australia has reported one new case of the virus. However, this came from a returning traveller who is in hotel quarantine. The state has not had a case of community transmission for 129 days. However, the entering of Phase 5 and the easing of restrictions has been delayed until Saturday the 24th of October. Until then, the two-metre squared rule at pubs and clubs remains, as does the crowd gap of 30,000 people at major events. The government has also announced that the Perth Royal Show will be cancelled this year. All right, let's take you to a breaking story now. And an inquiry has heard that 90% of Victoria's COVID-19 cases most likely came from the Ridges Hotel in Swanston Street, where COVID-19 travellers were quarantined. That's 90% of the active 7,274 cases. The remaining cases are likely connected to another quarantine hotel, the Stanford Plaza, with 99% of all cases in the state linked to the bungled hotel quarantine program. In a statement tendered to the Melbourne Hotel Quarantine Inquiry, epidemiologist, I am struggling to say that word, epidemiologist Dr Charles Alperin said the Department of Health had concluded almost all cases genomically sequenced so far originated at the hotels. Robbo, this is damning, isn't it? Stupid mistakes have cost lives. Yeah, look, mistakes have cost lives. There's, there's no doubt about that. But what I want to see is the same kind of attention put on the Ruby Princess. This is one of those things where, uh, you know, someone else has made a blunder. Yes, uh, Victoria should have uh, learnt from uh, the Ruby Princess's mistakes. However, uh, I just, I, I don't like how it's kind of being forgotten about this. Remember at the same time why is as well. That? Yes. Why, why you, there is something about that, Robert. You are so on the money here. Ruby Princess seems to be being swept under the carpet, but there's a lot of blame and from what seems like outside Victoria being levelled at Dan Andrews. Is this a right versus left issue? Yes, it's... Uh, look, you, there's been a lot of theories that uh, Gladys Berejiklian is Liberal uh, and the Murdoch press will not go after her. Um, the Murdoch press are certainly the ones that are uh, leading the... Uh, the news about Dan Andrews and how everything is bad in Victoria and how it's a stuff up, but they don't seem to be putting uh, Ruby Princess and Gladys Berejiklian and her government under exactly the same kind of microscope. So that's, that is a very strong theory that has been out there for, for some time. It's like magic. 
you know, what happens is that you create a diversion over here and the pressure gets taken off somewhere else. And I mean, we all know that is a really successful way of getting yourself out of trouble is, oh my God, all the, all the cameras are looking at me. I'll just make it look like there's something else happening over there. And then we all forget about it. However, I don't necessarily think it has to do with, you know, the Murdoch press. I think that what it has to do with is that the Victorian death toll and the results and the transmission mm. in Victoria is just but, a lot but, more. Yes. No, I, I take so the point entirely there, but the sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, I understand that. But up until this point, uh, up until uh, we went into stage four lockdown again in Victoria, uh, the Ruby Princess was the most... Uh, was responsible, I guess, rather, for the most deaths up until that point. So that is still a big thing. And it wasn't given the same amount of press, it wasn't given the same amount of coverage that Dan Andrews, a Labor Premier, has got. Uh, obviously, up until this point where it first started, it wasn't the same death toll. Ruby Princess was the highest death toll. That's the difference, I think. Yeah, look, uh, I think there's valid points. Um, there is no doubt, though, that at the moment there is a lot of... Um, the spotlight is certainly on Dan Andrews because that's where the most cases are. Look, uh, let's move on. And an Indigenous hip-hop artist has claimed the ABC censored him and only had him on the network to claim cultural diversity. Ziggy Ramo appeared on last night's Q&A panel and was also scheduled to perform at the end of the show. However, in a passionate monologue, the artist explained that he wanted to sing a different song but was told by the ABC that he couldn't. The song featured the lyrics, I hate the Anzacs. But as you'll see, there's more to the story. For example, on, on this show today, the song that I'm going to perform is called Stand For Something. The song I initially was going to perform uh, was called April 25th. Um, and this is a song that I was not allowed to perform. Like, I, I was basically censored in, in the fact that the ABC said that it was not appropriate. Um, so is it performative? Because me sitting on this panel ticks off a box for the ABC that is cultural diversity, but if I'm not able to express my perspective, is it performative or is it actual cultural diversity? Because as so the whole point of a song about April 25th is saying that I've seen this country recognise the sacrifices that have been made so that we could all sit here today. So if I've seen us be able to do that, for our non-Indigenous people and our Indigenous people, like yeah. you said, who fought in these wars in 1945 that the ABC is commemorating 75 years since the end of World War II. Yet in 1945, Indigenous Australians weren't even classed as citizens. And as soon as I say, after I say I hate the Anzacs, I say, how wrong is that? How wrong is that? We pick and choose our history. We rearrange the facts. We fought for a country that didn't see us as humans. We weren't seen as humans in our own country. So the reason why I wanted to talk about this and in my art is that I want to celebrate the Anzacs and I do celebrate the Anzacs. I've gone to the other side of the world on Anzac Day to celebrate what our people have laid down for us. So if we've done that, we can't just pick parts of our history that we want to recognise and bury the others. If in World War II we fought against genocide, yet we don't recognise the genocide in our own country. That's a double standard. Ziggy was praised by users on social media, but fellow guest Barnaby Joyce warned, you have to be careful what you say because you can insult people. Um, ben, do you think the ABC was right in saying no to Ziggy's original song choice? 
You know, I think that they probably were right, to be honest with you, but just like there's plenty of ways to skin a cat. There's so many different ways to be able to talk about this. You know, like in so much of what he is saying, I do agree with him. But nowadays, to fit into the constructs of making sure we don't offend anybody, everyone's now really sensitive. So I think what the ABC were worried about was worried about that being taken out of context and then being hung for it, you know, which quite Absolutely. often can happen. Absolutely. You know? Robert, could you imagine if he had sat up and sung that song, what the headlines would have been the following day of what the ABC is allowing and pushing a certain agenda? He still got the chance to talk about it. But when you go on a program, decisions have to be made that aren't just about you. They're about the greater focus of the program. And I think it's disingenuous to say that he's ticking a cultural box. You know, the, the fact is they invited him on his show, on the show, to have hit their say. But a performance is a different thing. That's an authorised piece of entertainment. Have your say. you still got to talk about it. I, I think this is completely... He's on the wrong path here. Wholeheartedly disagree with you there, Rob. Uh, he is an artist. He's a hip-hop artist. He was he was signed up and he was brought onto that program uh, being in that capacity. It wasn't like that he was, you know, a, a pottery shop owner or, you know, an Indigenous painter living in the Territory. He was brought on because he was a hip-hop artist yeah. and he writes songs that go to uh, what he's talking about. The wonderful thing, I think, is he still performed it anyway there, really, didn't he? And I think that uh, that was very correct. Um, this, the ABC is a very risk-averse uh, organisation, and they have to be. I understand that. They, there are so many stakeholders, and their biggest stakeholder is also their biggest critic, which is the federal government. Um, for Barnaby Joyce to come out and say, oh, be careful what you say because it could offend people, piss off. Like, the, for that man to go on national television and then chastise an Indigenous Australian saying, well, you've got to be careful what you're saying because it could offend people. This is a man who, uh, you know, campaigned on family rights, who, who campaigned against yeah, uh, same-sex marriage. I'm not worried about Barnaby but, Joyce so, in this argument. He just happened to be sorry. on the panel. I, no, I, no, I, no, no, but that's a very important thing, though. And and the thing is, if you if you book a, a guest on the show, you're, they booked him and we both know how it, we all know sorry rather we all know how tv works he was booked because yes he's indigenous um and yes he's a hip-hop artist and yes he's very articulate uh and yes he does work in that field to then get him on and say uh look you can't do that one that's a bit a bit wrong it, it also goes it, it so he that should have been allowed if he had a song that just said f all australians f all you you are he, he, he can go on and sing it, that song because that would be censoring him that's not the song that he's singing. That's a yes, ridiculous but you're, example. You're making a statement that by having him on, it's a, a the end result is they have to allow him to perform any piece that he wants to. He's actually very lucky that he's getting national airtime to sing a song and represent. It doesn't mean you get to choose no, the absolute thing that you want to do. It's part of negotiations. He, if you're not happy with that, don't go on. on. He he is being bought on because of his work and because of the art that he creates, yeah. and that is about Indigenous rights. But That's that what is he's not being bought a on. right. Now, that does not give you the right to sing any song that you want to. As the producers of the show, you have to make right. decisions for a variety of reasons over what... It's a negotiation. It's a negotiation. I I understand that, Rob, but when you're getting someone on a program like Q&A and that he, is, um, he has written these songs, and also, let's not forget that... Straight after that line in that song, and you also explained it there in the clip, mm -hmm. uh, 
he defends that and says that's not something. But you've got to remember that a lot of people feel that way. This is the most important thing. Q&A is a thing, is it meant to be a show that represents people and represents a variety of voices. And now, he was right there. It wasn't until the 60s that Indigenous people were not considered animals of flora or fauna. That's yes, It took I, that long. So in 1945, hold on. 1945, he is talking about the fact that all of a sudden we considered um, Indigenous Australians to be, oh, no, now they're bloody good enough to go and fight wars for us. That's the point of his song. Don't get him on if you don't want him to do what he does, and that is talk about but these Robert, stories. But, Robert, it's just... choose what he's saying, though. I mean, yesterday you accused us of... You know, all of a sudden changing the topic to something else, you know, to suit the play. This is and not I feel like the today topic. you're doing this. But then why are you all of a we're sudden reading our statistics like off the back of a Fantails packet again? It's like we're sticking to this particular argument. This guy was asked to be on the ABC. The person who produced that show was a little bit concerned about whether or not the audience would be offended. They chose for him to be on the show to represent something, and he was well, on the show. He's not representing to do what that. he wants to represent. He's not representing I mean, what he, there is he wants to represent. Robot in everything. Then don't go on there the show. Sense. If you don't like the conditions of entry, don't go through the turnstile. It's a really simple thing. The fact is they gave him a platform, an hour-long so platform, to, sp so to sprout his views. Why is it a guarantee that he even gets to perform? They liked what he did. They understood. They wanted to give him the chance. They had an issue with one song because of so many issues. That's not censorship. That's just part of a what negotiation of going on a TV no. show. I just don't agree with that. I, I just think that if you're getting someone on as a guest on Q&A, that's the kind of program it is. This is the kind of work he does. Uh, and then to censor him and go, well, no, you can't do that one. Even though he explained it, I loved how articulate he was that he, yes, he, was, uh, amazing. he was able to say yes. No one's taking but that away this from is him. What he, this is what he believes in, and I think it was a mistake to censor him because that is what he was on there to do. You know, there's he was a big difference, Robbo. Let's be honest here. There is a big difference between him sprouting all that on the TV and saying I don't like your word sprouting. He's talking about actual real oh, issues right. that affect Indigenous don't people. Don't twist my words, Robbo. I'm saying here that there is a big difference between him going on and stating his opinion, if you want me to put it in proper English, than getting a performance at the end where you're not being challenged and you get to basically talk for three and a half minutes with your own art to Australia. Decisions do have to be made on what is appropriate and what is not. And you can't tell me that if he had performed that, there wouldn't be front page news today about how that, the ABC had allowed this to happen. It's just I would BS. Just, I would, I would I would disagree with that headline. I think that's rubbish. You're getting him on because of what he has done. So he is that person who, who sprouts that particular, uh, you know, opinion, as Which you call it. Which he got to talk it, about. Know, yeah. I, I don't understand your issue here. He got to yeah, talk. They stopped him from singing Rob, one Rob, time song. Day, Rob, at the end of the day, I just don't agree with what you're saying. I think that he was censored. That's what I'm saying to just you. A little bit of, just That's a little I'm bit saying. of housekeeping for the Ben, Rob and Robbo show, and I just want to quickly jump in here and say that. You both have raised some really valid points. You both really have. I'm kind of a little bit on the fence with it, you know, and I haven't really been persuaded by either of you, but I would say... Robbo, I have a lot of respect for you for having that opinion. And Rob, I have a lot of respect for you for having yours. I think that you're not going to meet in the middle on this one. And it is, you know, it is quite polarising. It's a difficult subject to talk about. I mean, there's authenticity. And then there's also television and having to fit into particular constructs, which are also very difficult to be kept into.
Thank you, Ben. And, and look, one thing I want to make clear about this is I'm not talking about what he's saying. I'm talking about the right of the producers to determine what goes on their show. They still invited him to be able to say everything that he wanted to say. They just disagreed about the song choice at the end. And I've had those discussions when, you know, an artist comes out, they don't want to sing the old song, they only want to sing the new song, and you're trying to negotiate to get the song that everybody loves as well. There's there's negotiations that go on. It is not just a right that if you go on a show, you get to sing that song. It's just not a right. Fair point. All right. Fair point. But it gets difficult when it is about, all. you know, when it is at this particular topic, it is very difficult. It is not the same as getting Kylie Minogue to do Can't Get You Out of My Head, which exactly. is released a new song. Okay. Very no, no, no. Now, yes. Now, this is now I, wa I want to react to that now, actually, because I was going to let it go. Oh. But no, if it was Kylie Minogue doing locomotion and you wanted to do locomotion, that's not part of her, her psyche. It's not part of her message. It's not part of her art. This is part of his art. So you invited this artist to come on and this is what he sings about. These are the things that he uh, illustrates and writes and performs. But you're saying to him, well, look, you, hold on a minute. You, you, we want you on, but you can't talk about what you normally talk about with everything. Didn't That's say you couldn't talk different. about I just it. Don't think Hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. They did not say he couldn't talk about it. They said he couldn't perform one song. Big yeah, but difference. I'm going back to the, your example. No, I'm going back to your example of saying that you would you would speak to recording artists who would, you know, want to do their new stuff, but you actually really wanted to do their old stuff. Very big difference there, Rob. All right, uh, I they, accept they, that. Uh, I accept that. But there is also a difference between right. being banned from speaking oh. about something and the performance. We'll move on. Sorry, just All right. hang on a second. A Rob, group from, of vegans Rob from the has... Future just called me. Sorry, Rob from the Future just called me. He said, coming up in entertainment, we're going to be talking about you in entertainment. <laughs> What's that? You're looking Quick, forward to it. Quick, move on, move on. Oh. He knows oh, how to get me to move on. Come on. Thank you, Ben. All right. A group of vegans has ambushed a barbecued restaurant in Perth. The activists booked two tables and waited for the restaurant to fill with patrons before launching into this protest. strength. As you would have heard, many customers yelled back saying things like, get out and you're ruining our night. It all came to a fairly quick end when a diner took the group's megaphone and they were ushered out of the restaurant. Robbo, everyone has the right to protest, but is this acceptable? No, it's not. It's stupid. Yeah. Um, if you want to make a change, this is not going to do that. So to walk into a barbecue restaurant, to be so premeditated that you book two tables and then you wait for the restaurant uh, to fill up with people uh, and then to start screaming at people and using it, what a load of absolute rubbish. Also, I respect vegans. Hey, if you want to do that and that's your, that's your choice sure. and decision... 
tickety-boo, off you go. I'm not going to walk in and disrupt your picnic or do whatever you want there. I want to eat meat. Now, it, vegans and vegetarians will come after me and I don't give a <laughs> shit about it because that is my right. Now, this is not the... And, and again, this is not the way to make a change, is it? It's it, it. You don't go into a restaurant full of people who went to a barbecue restaurant to make a change. Do you think those people are on the fence going, I don't know if I should order that porterhouse steak or that tea, but of course they're not. That's the wrong place to do it. <laughs> exactly. So if you want to make Protesting a change, actually fine. do something. Absolutely. Protesting is fine, but you were disrupting people's nights out. And, you know, some people yeah. might have been on their 50th wedding anniversary for all you know. Is it okay, Ben, if as a meat eater I see some vegans having a party uh, having a picnic, having their lovely tofu things, and I go and slap them with my meat, is that okay because they're not meat eaters? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Slap them with your meat. Uh, anyway. Uh, look, I think there's different being able to make a protest and make an opinion, and I think this was just really, really bad from everyone's perspective. I mean... Come on, it's just the wrong time to be jumping in there and having a protest. Imagine at McDonald's if they were like, would you like a protest with that as you're going through drive through Like, it's yeah. just never <laughs> going to be offered. Like, but it, come on. But it was... It's so dumb. I am all for people having a different opinion. I'm yes, all for absolutely. vegans yeah. think, saying Except when it's not the same abuse to animals. Yeah, yeah, Can I tell you a really quick <laughs> story? Wait, 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 wait. Really just quickly, wait, wait, wait. Quickly. Before you two slap each other with your meat again. No, no, I'm doing this performance for Abby, who, who is okay, always on the line there. Uh, the point is, you are not going to change people's minds in a barbecue restaurant. All that was no. was a stupid stunt that puts yep. your whole... Um, your whole argument offside. Like, Rob, you've spoken about this on the show before. You need to be smart, you need to be careful, because if you're fighting the majority, if you do some, some stupid stunt like this, you then get off the, you know, you get the majority offside. So do, do your protests, right? Go into a shopping centre, go into a mall, you know, have videos showing, which I've seen in Sydney Mall before, in Pitt Street Mall, have your videos that show how bad it is in, in you know, pig farms and, you know, dairies and all that kind of thing. That's great. Allow people to make their own decision. This was going to achieve nothing. There is no one in that restaurant yep. that would sit there and go, oh, actually, no, I've just had people, like, stuff me over. I'm a meat eater, um, and they've just come in here. It, 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 it blows my mind. I'm, I'm happy for you to protest, <laughs> but do it, don't do it at a barbecue why, restaurant why because clearly there's people aren't on the street. nights who's just having a lovely dinner? It's just mean and right. horrible. It's, right. I thought vegans were meant to be the nice ones, not the nasty, oh, no, nasty awful. ones. No. All right. Not, well, if you look, don't agree with them, they'll kill you. But they won't eat you, at least. Well, it's supposed to be the happiest day of your life. <laughs> oh, that was oh brilliant. <laughs> oh, no, well played, Rob, well played. That was brilliant. You, you know what the thing is? I just thought I'd drop that one and go on, and, of course, we've got the delay of all the links, and oh, no, so I'm it was beautiful as I started going in to hear the laughter. I actually I'm sorry, it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It was really, <laughs> no, it, was really I, it actually warmed my heart. All right. Okay, good. Moving on. And it's supposed to be the happiest day of your life, but one Reddit user has recalled the events of her wedding day that led to her own mother being kicked out of the reception. During the mother's speech, she insulted her daughter's appearance, her crappy apartment, her gross medical issues, and she even called her damaged goods. The groomsman promptly wrapped the speech up and asked her to leave without the bride's knowledge. The mother claimed to be humiliated, saying that it was wrong to deprive a mother of her daughter's wedding. Now happily married, the wife wonders if she 
she should have expected the speech and just warned the wedding party to grin and bear it. Ben, commentators on Reddit largely took the bride's side, but a daughter's wedding day is an important moment, right? Why should you have to put up with crappy behaviour just because they're a parent? Yeah, I think this goes to everyone, not just people that is the mother of the bride or a wedding, but don't go to people's parties if you're going to ruin the party. It's a really famous saying that I think it was my mum that taught me that. It was someone when I was younger was like, Ben, don't go to that person's party if you're going to ruin it. And that rule goes right across the board. So, like, I don't care who you are, you're the mother, the father, the donkey's uncle, whatever, you don't go to someone's wedding and then roast them. I mean... yes. A yeah, fun roast totally is okay. A fun roast, and we've seen those where the best man roast, will roast right? the groom and things like that, and they can be fun. This just, by the sounds of it, just seemed like mean and that the mother just doesn't like the daughter. Mm. Yeah. Well, it sounds like there's some definite issues there, and I look forward to watching it on Jerry Springer. <laughs> uh, Robbo, which side would you take? Would you be the groom, chuck her out, or would you be like the daughter and like, yes, son, that's funny. If, if I was getting married and either my mother or my mother-in-law um, was studying that kind of stuff, it would be instant out. You know, this is something that when you think about a wedding, isn't it planned to like the, the 10th degree, um, you know, and... Even and, the nth degree. Oh, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I... My brain was going... Oh, I'm like, I don't think it's... You've 10. only done 10 oh, degrees? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what Rob said. Um, but uh, it's so premeditated, which makes it seem just really nasty, doesn't it? Like, mm. this is a day that probably has been planned for, you know, at least a year. It's just really, really nasty. And I I don't like her to the n- nth degree. But, yeah. Good man. Right? All right. Yeah, thank you. To the big issue now. Are you a... Better need the music for this. Are you a folder or a scruncher? Do you put tomato sauce in the fridge or the cupboard? These are the debates we've been having for years, but now there's a new question dividing the internet. Crushed or uncrushed, how do you eat your wheat bix A post on Facebook over the weekend has attracted hundreds of comments from people sharing their wheat bix eating habits. They include having them with hot water, with honey and milk, eating them like a biscuit with butter and jam, or even Vegemite. Robbo, the wheat bix is an Australian delicacy. How do you eat your wheat bix? Uh, you, I, I, I want to know what psychopaths out there, what sociopaths, what, what future serial killers are crunching their wheat bix. Get get uh, get away from me. I don't want you in my country. Uh, get out of here. Oh, of course. Oh, <laughs> oh cannot... my God. Oh, my God. How am I not surprised that the, the clowns to the left of me, and jokers to my right, here I am, uh, um, that they would crunch their bloody... Well, I can't bear Weepings not crunched. You crunch them up, you pour your milk on, and then you get your sugar in there so that it all gets mixed through. If you just put sugar on the top of it the, and the milk, you're not, you only have to crunch them up with your spoon anyway, and the sugar's not being evenly distributed. Sorry, I'm just, sorry, Rob, I'm just getting emails and texts now from uh, wonderful Australians like Bob Hawke, Ned Kelly. Uh, <laughs> they're saying things uh, that you're un-Australian. You both are, so... Oh, no, they're saying that the Bob Hawke was right. a cruncher, let you're me tell right. you. You're a medium who talks to the other side now, Robbo. Now I've heard everything. Yeah. But uh, we, look, we've look, had big fights. Amanda's, Amanda's not a cruncher. 
Really? She, she sees no, because she's, getting, she's intelligent. Wait, the kids always know who's made the breakfast by whether it's crunched or not when we give them wheat bix. It's uh, actually, guys. Mm. Do you know what? I think I buy cereal, which is like. When you're into both. <laughs> And I think like, sometimes I'm in a mood to like crunch it up, and then sometimes I'm in a mood to like, uh, you know, just put a little bit of margarine on it and have some Vegemite. Actually, sometimes I'll put some sugar on it. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm bi cereal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I ask oh. a quick question though? If we're we're talking about these really? kind of things, um, first of all. Uh, let's go back to toilet paper for the moment. I've got two questions here, so let me get back to it. But the okay, first one yeah. is, do you, both of you care about whether it's over or under? I used to want it under until Oprah Winfrey taught me it should go over and the patent for toilet paper says it should go over. So I'm changing the toilet rolls all the time to over. Yeah, that's me. All right, Ben, your, your this thoughts? This is fantastic. Over or under? Well, I'll be back Sorry, she just said you don't talking. change the toilet rolls. No, 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 this, probably, no, you don't this is true. There. That's probably at your place. Sorry, hey, guys, you I, I'm going to be back when Christine Arnoux on the show uh, and when we've taken the, you know, the conversation out of the toilet. Okay, great. Uh, very good. You better sit down because let's go to that woman. She's standing by. So let's... <laughs> Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right. She was the seductive and sassy goldfish that we fell in love with in just one short week on The Masked Singer. But last night the mask came off and she was revealed to be none other than national treasure, Christine Arnoux. Take a look. It's my life. Well, we were sad to see her go, but we couldn't be happier that she is joining us right here on the Ben Robin Robbo Show. Christine, welcome to the show. Happy to be. Hey, happy people. How are you? You know, Christine, it makes me laugh. I don't know if this is my immature side. Every time they're yelling, take it off, take it off, especially to a female performer, I can't help but get the giggles for some reason. I I did not even register that until you said that, you naughty boy. (laughs) Just me, don't worry. Look, you've had such a long and successful career. I was... um, uh, a, a teenager when party first came out uh you know and and okay. the song and the songs that you've had you you have created a soundtrack but can <laughs> how bizarre is it to think you started off with this great clip and and island home and songs like that and now you've been a goldfish in a reality show uh that <laughs> and everyone's just thrilled to see you yeah um no, I thought- <laughs> 
Can I just say, um, Christine, I need to save you here. I need to save you from this. Rob just looks really old. Are you thinking in your head, that man was a teenager when Party <laughs> came out? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I think there's a bit of lying going on there. Um, no, it was 93, wasn't it? Not, not my words. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've always, look, you know, I always thought to myself, when I grow up, I want to be a goldfish. And I think... <laughs> I, I think that, that that's exactly. But can I just say, Tim Chapel, um, Oscar, uh, sorry, Academy Award-winning um, uh, costume designer, uh, designed this beautiful frock, which I want to wear every day of my life just to vacuum my floors. <laughs> and, um, it was it was elegant. It was beautiful. It was graceful. But gosh, I mean, I didn't get to see any of the other uh, costumes until I was on stage with them, and then I learned that there were still more. Yes. <laughs> like because yes. you're, you're really you're literally in the dark uh, through the whole process, and it's such a tightly secured environment. Um, and then there's COVID as well, so there's those restrictions that are going on. But I just I, I never thought that it would be this amazing experience that it is. First and foremost, because I got to get out of my house for a change. I got to go into state where you know everybody's looking at. Victoria like they're all lepers um, and participate in a show that is bringing joy uh, into people's lounge rooms when entertainment has been sucked out of my life when it's all when it's all that I am about yeah. I haven't been able to entertain haven't been able to perform like so many of us and so it was great to be do, able to do something that was completely out of my comfort zone <laughs> and, um, I just, you know, Christine, I just was wanting to say to you, because, like, you did Moulin Rouge with Baz Luhrmann, so you understand costuming, right? You understand the pain of getting into, say, corsets and things like that. But with this costume, was it harder to get into than a Baz Luhrmann costume? Like, how long did it take <laughs> you to get in and out of this outfit? Well, let's be real. There are so many people helping you put that on, that there are so many faces that know what my bum looks like now, you know, um, to help put that such on. Such a glamorous industry. It's, it's such a glamorous industry. Don't don't um, let them tell you that it's uh, not. Um, but, yeah, so there, there are a lot of people helping you get it on because there's uh, there's so much time. There's only so much time before you have to get things um ready and we all know that in the entertainment industry it's all about hurry up and mm. wait yes <laughs> that's true now christine arno you are an absolute bloody cracker uh you you're a national legend uh, but tell me were you surprised with your wonderful voice that the judges none of the judges actually picked you not not really not really. There, there are so many elements that go into this show. It's such a, it's such a clever show when you think about it. Yeah. Um, you've got, uh, you're covered. Somebody's covered by this elaborate costume, and their, their voice is recognisable. But then there's a myriad of clues, like that, a montage of things that are going in, and then, and then each of the panel. Uh, influencing their thoughts one direction or the other mm. and then they start to go down one uh, particular rabbit hole to to the other so um <laughs> i thought i thought my voice would have been a dead giveaway but then mm. that's because all of the aboriginal and torres strait islander community around australia would know my voice and then my well, family would know we know your voice too. 
it's your voice is so iconic in this country. You have some of the most recognizable songs. It's it's not just the indigenous population of this country. You have transcended into being someone the whole country looks to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, look, I, I thought my voice would have been recognisable. I thought that the first uh, text messages um, that came through, it's kind of a dead giveaway when you when your friends text you and you don't text them back. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, know, you know what I mean? It's like, um, and then the only people, and like this is, everybody knows that I can, I'm not good at keeping secrets, but one thing I've learned about myself through uh, Mask Singer is that I actually can, and I'm very good ah. at it. Ah. Uh, and not none of my family knew that I was going to be on the show. They've we've got a messenger feed, and we we all get together um, daily to talk about things. And they've been taking pictures of me and putting it up there. And I've been giggling to myself, going, "Aren't I good?" <laughs> <laughs> Can I? I've got a couple of questions for you. Is there an added pressure when you're an established artist in this situation? Um, you know, you don't have your image. You get to... It's the one of the few occasions you get to completely reinvent yourself, isn't it? Anonymity is what every celebrity wants to have. I, I Well, maybe I'll speak for myself. I love anonymity. I, I want to walk down the street and just be a normal person. Mm. Um, that, uh, that's fantastic. And you know what? There's no added pressure when you've got this on and you've, you, can, you can be any... You can reinvent yourself my partner was saying it's like it's like having an affair <laughs> with a fish yeah, they got too a bit too excited about that did they <laughs> um uh, look, yeah the other thing i want to ask you about is that you just mentioned um how hard COVID 19 has been on the entertainment industry and it has become a running theme on a lot of uh celebrities we've spoken to because it really, it not only affects incomes, but it affects um, people being able to create. And, and as artists, what you do is create and communicate with an audience. How difficult has COVID-19 been on you from that point of view? Yeah, look, as a radio presenter, I, it's one of the first things that I asked to anybody that I'm interviewing. And I think that it's kind of the same answer across the board, but it's also not a one size fits all situation as well. I think we've we've come out of it in, in different ways. I think creatively we've gone inside of ourselves when normally uh, in the, the, the past day, past year or past lifetime, uh, we've not been able to do that because we don't have the time but I've actually had time to sit down and write poems. I used to love doing that. Um, writing uh, songs, writing. I'm writing, writing, writing. I'm doing things that I've never been able to uh, have, have time to do before. But maybe that was just because we used that as an excuse. Mm. None of us have an excuse now. We're all, we've all been forced to slow down and really reflect. Yeah. Um, reflect. Uh, about inwards, inwards, and re reflect about our families, and just reflect about what what mark are we leaving um, in this place and in this time, uh, and and I think it's a time to um, find what how we belong to each other as as yeah. a community, a worldwide community. 
Well, I tell you what, just asking for a friend, a.k.a. Rob McKnight as a 16-year-old, looking over your career, <laughs> I need to ask you this. I mean, you've been in Matrix Reloaded, you've won Arias, you've been in Moulin Rouge, you've got countless hits. What has been the one thing in your career that you're the most proud of? Well, that's pretty obvious. It's my children. Oh, um, nice. And I thought you were going to say yeah. being on the Ben Robin Robbo show, but there you go. Well, I was like, can I come down my list? <laughs> yeah, sure. It goes, it goes my children and it goes talking to you guys, obviously, and then the masked singer. <laughs> Christine, what a fabulous you know place to leave us. it. You, you took the bait, so to speak. Thank you so much for being on the <laughs> Thank you for being on the Ben Robin Robo Show. You were an absolute delight. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's the Ben Life Shot of the Day. Where are you going today? You never know where you'll end up with the Ben Life Shot of the Day. Ah, and today we're t- ah, today we're taking you to Thailand, where it's a mostly sunny day with a top of 29 degrees after a low of 26. All right. Uh, let's have a look at some feedback coming through to the Ben, Rob and Robbo show. Uh, Mary says, go, Ben. You give the other two. Good, good on you. Um, Leonardo says... The ABC is damned if they do, damned if they don't. I fully w- agree with you, Ben and Rob. Oh, see you, Leo. Matthew see you, says, mate. You're on the yes, wrong side of history. Matthew says, yesterday was Grumpy Robbo. Today it's Grumpy Rob. Will we get Grumpy Ben tomorrow? <laughs> I didn't know I was being grumpy. Anyway. I've never been grumpy before in my life. Andrew, in says, <laughs> Andrew says, we need to see Rob slapping people with his meat. No, um, no, no. We don't. <laughs> Janelle says... Slap the vegans with your sausages, Rob. Lol, lol, sorry I couldn't help myself. Travis says, oh dear, we all have dirty minds. Reggie says, slap the sausage. Um, Malcolm says, go to 7-Eleven and buy your plant-based pies. Shove them in your mouth and shut up. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Christ (laughs) almighty. Nicole says, it just... Pisses me off because you aren't you are ruining their night out. Yes, I uh, agree with that. Claire says on yep. the wheat bix front, crush them and serve them with neutral grain and hot milk. Oh yes, that sounds good to me. All right. And on the on the thing about toilet paper, Claire says, well if Oprah says it's over, then it must be over. I couldn't agree more, Claire. It's actually what changed my mind when it came to whether toilet paper should go over or under. All right, it's time to cut through the political BS with former federal senator Sam Dastiari. Hello, Sam. Welcome to the show. Great, great to be on the show. What an extraordinary Run. week. Oh, mate, <laughs> an extraordinary week. But let me ask you this. Is it just my imagination or are we seeing a lot more of Bill Shorten lately? Well, yeah. So there was a. There's been a little bit more of Bill. Uh, he's been coincidentally, conveniently uh, made himself very available uh, to the media uh, as a local member of Parliament from Victoria. Uh, he's made himself available to the breakfast TV shows. Uh, he's made himself available to Q and A. Uh, he's made himself available to insiders. Uh, and look, let's just be honest. I mean, when you start doing breakfast television, you never have an ulterior motive. Uh, no <laughs> former leader has ever tried to do the breakfast television circuit. 
Hang on, uh, uh, Sam, aren't you, you doing the Today Show I'm at the moment? I'm surprised not on the show here. Well, I'm do- a bit worried he's going to get me bumped <laughs> from this spot. You've yeah? uh, <laughs> had me for a couple no. of weeks. You um, ne- no, Sam, but, uh, you no, never forget look, your look, first look, love. Here's the truth, that's, that's what we're feeling. You're our here's first the love. Truth. We- <laughs> he says that to all the boys. Um, but w- when you actually, former politicians, like former leaders, like former television hosts, like former producers, like former reality television contestants, never stop being that. Right? There is the high, the adrenaline, the excitement, and there is certainly a part of every former leader I've ever met. Um, and it's, I think the same is in other industries, be it sport or whatever, always wants that feeling of running back onto the field, always wants the feeling yeah. of being on top again. And look, you don't stay, you don't stay in federal parliament uh, for, for no reason. Uh, you don't stay just to see out your term. Uh, if that was what Bill was doing, and don't me wrong, there are a lot of parliamentarians who have been leader, lost the leadership, see out the end of that term, uh, with a view to you know retiring the next election, they don't want to cause a costly by-election, and they kind of fade away. Uh, this is not Bill Shorten fading away. Um, and the no, Bill that I know. Is... Yes. Sorry, no, sorry the, I didn't the, mean to cut you off. Bill that I know. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 No, go. No, no I'm saying well, the, the Bill that I know uh, has always hold. Look, Bill never gives up. Uh, Bill's not a guy who gives up, uh, and you know. It, it, you know, you have to be a fool to not, not think of the fact that this is a guy who has always harbored ambitions to be prime minister. And why would he give them up now? No, that's a big Now, call. Sam, I've got to ask you, I've got, I've got lots of whispers. I've got lots of ears and mouths in Canberra. Uh, they're telling me that he is actually running the numbers and has begun that kind of thing to uh, knife Albo. Your thoughts on that? Uh, is this a case of those? No. I've had a couple of goes. No, get get no. out. Look. I think the Labor Party leadership, look, uh, the Labor Party rules have been changed. Uh, becoming leader by removing another leader after the Kevin Rudd rule changes is, is near impossible. I mean, there is a pathway to doing it. It's near impossible. Uh, I think that in this kind of political environment, in a COVID situation, to be accused of that, uh, I think is, uh, I just don't think that's the game he'd be playing. Or Bill's smart on that. But, but you know, would someone So like he'll Bill, see out an election, he, will he, Sam? He'll see out an election. Well, well, Albo loses, well, then he'll challenge. Anyway, right? Bill's in his early 50s, uh, that's not young, right? Just remember, he's 20 years younger than Trump and Biden and others, right? 20 years younger than them, right? He's not old, he's a young man still. He's in federal parliament. Uh, He has an incredibly large profile. I just don't think he's going anywhere. Do I believe that Bill Shorten is sitting there doing the numbers of the plot to immediately become leader of the Labor Party again? No, no, I don't think that's what he's doing. But do I think that Bill, long-term, can, should, and will one day be Prime Minister of Australia? Sure. Yes. I thought he should be Prime Minister the last election. I thought he should have been Prime Minister before that. But Anthony Albanese is the leader. He will stay the leader. He will go to the next election. And I actually suspect that, you know, there's a lot of kind of, you know, rallying behind the leader that, that comes after these types of, uh, you know, national crises. Uh, and, and, you know, and I'm not here to kind of criticise the, the Morrison government. I've plenty of places to do that. Um, but but I, I think Anthony Albany is going to be far better in the election than, than some of the polls yeah. that are predicting. But do I believe that Bill's going anywhere? No, Bill's staying. Now, Bill, Sam, I just want to quickly ask you, obviously there, uh, Bill Shorten was in charge of the Labor Party when he decided to let you go of the Senate. Um, yeah. I, I think it's quite nice. Why do, why do you still give him that kind of support and that kind of oh, idea no, that you know, he's one I mean, Shorten? Well, frankly, yeah. well, 
well, a couple of different things here, right? I mean, I'm giving the, I'm giving a frank political uh, analysis, and you know, this is a cut through the BS. The cut through the BS here sure. is that uh, former leaders of political parties, when they stay in parliament with a high profile, uh, you know, stay for a reason. Uh, look, my that conversation, and I actually called Bill, and uh, I said to Bill was before immediately before I resigned from um, uh, politics, I said to Bill, I go, yeah. am I dead? And Bill goes, mate, you were dead 72 hours ago. And I said to him, I said, mate, I'll make, I'll make it easy. I'll pull the pin. And it was one of those very kind conversations where um, I didn't want, and Bill, I think, didn't want, well, firstly, he couldn't shoot me, uh, just the, the way that Parliament works, I was elected. Um, but I was clearly had become a distraction. And you got to accept sometimes, you know, there are things that are bigger than you. And if you believe in political causes or political parties, uh, you're not bigger than the show. Uh, the Labor Party was always, you know, better to me than I was the Labor Party. So I was always indebted to it. And I thought, frankly, uh, getting out of the way would help give them more clear air going for the last federal election. Now, in hindsight, they lost that anyway. Uh, but at the time, it didn't look like that was the case. It looked like Labor had a really good, you know, was going to win the election. And, uh, you know, um, uh, it is what it is. Well, yeah. Sam, I was just going to say to you, do you know why Bill Shorten never became the Prime Minister? Well, he didn't win an election. I think that's how the numbers <laughs> No, it's because... Hey, you ruined it! You ruined it, Sam! It's because he always came up short. Come on! What's going on? All right, Sam, before we let you go, I think Bill Shorten was sometimes accused of not coming across with the personality of a great leader sometimes. But there's one moment I just... When he appeared on Studio 10, that will forever be in my mind. Let's have a look. Have you got the footage? Yeah. Let's have a look. Okay, it's going. Here it is. <laughs> it might just be a Frankfurt. It's never happened before. You know, back, Sam. Back when the show was watchable. Sam, no, when he sorry. came. What was on... that show? I'm so I'm not familiar with that show. Does it exist? <laughs> no. <laughs> not anymore. Not um, anymore. <laughs> Sam, when he came on, he said to me that morning, You're not going to lose me the election, are you? And I said, No, yeah. I think this will help you win it. But obviously, I was wrong. <laughs> well, no, uh, the, Sam... the thing that happens is, the thing that does happen, though, and this is the big problem, uh, when you're on top, and when it looks like you're going to win, all your mind is everyone starts telling you, play it down, don't take risks, yeah. you know, don't don't be yourself. And you get this whole very minded culture. And I think, unfortunately for Bill, a little bit of an, you know, I don't want to use a kind of lame West Wing quote, but it, it let Bill be Bill. Yeah. Um, because uh, Bill is actually quite funny. He's hilarious. We He's saw got that. Great personality. He was fantastic. Um, but there's a that natural morning. tendency. Well, there's a natural tendency to try and play everything down and not take risks and, you know, kind of, you know, sit on the lead. And, again, you know, the Trumps and that of the world showed that authenticity pays mm-hmm. huge dividends, even when people don't like or agree with you, you know? Yes. You know, talking to someone who, you know, hate everything that someone like Donald Trump would stand for, but not even I can pretend that he's not genuine. Absolutely. Sam, we love your insight. Thank you very much. I look forward to Thank seeing you. you next week. Thank you, Thanks. Sam. Talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs> All right. Now it's time to get the very latest in the entertainment news. And for that, we cross all the way to Benjamin Norris because, Ben, you love your reality TV stars and you know a lot about the highs and lows of Hollywood. But who has a den- documentary on the way and what can you tell us about it? <laughs> I 
I thought you were going to say who has a dentist appointment. And I was like, I know a lot about Hollywood. <laughs> but I don't know who's got a dentist appointment. That's anyway. really weird because you wrote the question. <laughs> I know, but it says, who has a documentary on the way? And you're like, who has a dentist? And it's not like you're going to say a dentist appointment. Oh, he's having a go at my reading like, skills, Robbo. Wow, yeah. Pam. Be no, like, no, that's not you fair. You know, Rob is perfect. Oh, Rob no, is perfect in everything that he does. I, it, unfair, Ben. I'm on your side, Ben. I'm on your side. <laughs> anyway, Robbo, right, who's got the, who's got the doc on. go out? Okay. Because well, we've, we've got to get to Entertainment 3. It's I know really we've important. got to get to the part about you. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Let me slow it down. Yeah, slow it down. Enough. Really really give okay. us an in-depth analysis of what's happening on this first series. <laughs> Sorry, I just was looking at my nails. I'll tell you what, we're not doing entertainment tomorrow. I'll tell you that right. <laughs> we haven't done entertainment every other time. It's 69 episodes. And I tell you what, it's never worked out well for me, that's for sure. Alrighty, moving along. So we're talking about Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton dropped a trailer overnight for a documentary and you guys will check this out and it's like Paris Hilton we've never seen before. This is a little bit from the trailer. Something happened in my childhood that I've never talked about with anyone. I just heard screaming, bloody murder. But I couldn't tell you guys because every time I tried, I would get punished by them. I still have nightmares about it. Here we are at Paris' school. And the only thing that saved my sanity was thinking about who I wanted to become when I got out of there. Just created this brand and this persona and this character, and I've been stuck with her ever since. Is that enough? No. <laughs> mm. Well, I'll tell you what, it is Paris Hilton revealing that maybe the reason why Paris has been like this her whole time is because of this traumatic incident. Apparently she'd never even spoken about it to Kathy, her mum, or her sister Nikki Hilton. So look, I don't know, this is a really big question for people, and that's do people still care about Paris Hilton these days? So, I mean, I don't necessarily know no. if she's still got an audience. Well, I guess she's trying to get back in that uh, that A-list there. Now, Ben, I want to ask you, there is a 50-plus A-lister who's going back to school. <laughs> Who? Well, get excited about this because Brad... They don't look... Actually, no, they kind of do look 50, which is the reason why I like Brad Pitt. But look, get excited. Brad Pitt is officially on board for the Dane Cook. Uh, it's going to be a live table read called Feeling Alive. And it's a live table read oh. of Fast Times at Ridgemore High, which was an amazing oh, film that was set in the 80s. Movie. Yes. Now, Brad oh. Pitt's coming back, but not only is he coming back, but he's coming back with his ex-wife, Jennifer Aniston. She is going to be sitting there on the table read with him. Now, the A-listers mm. don't stop there. This 1982 classic is going to be read out by Julia Roberts, Matthew McConaughey, Charlotte oh. Booth, Morgan Freeman, and even Sean Penn, who had one of the main roles in the film, is going to have a little bit of a cameo. Now, we won't officially know how this is all going to go down, but I tell you what, a lot of people are going to tune in on Friday August 21st, because it is going to be on an official page of Facebook for Core. You'll be able to watch that on TikTok, and it'll also be on Live X Live, which I'm not really familiar with, but you'll have to check that out online. It's going to be huge. But speaking of we huge, will, Rob McKnight. Well, Ben, ego. Well, ben I, mean, I want to. Sorry, Ben. I, I didn't. I didn't mean to cut you off there. We've run out of time for entertainment. <laughs> uh, there, there are no other important <laughs> stories here. To, oh no, sorry. I'm getting yelled at in my ear. But oh, there he is. Uh, uh, 
what has our fearless leader done now, Ben? Well, look, overnight, Rob has made some explosive claims on the TV Black Box podcast. I was there for it. This is in relation to Carrie Ann Kennelly and her departure oh, yeah. from Channel 10. Check oh, this yeah. out. This was the bomb as he dropped it last night. Uh, it, what happened, Ben, is that... Um, I didn't make explosive claims. I reported on a story. So what I essentially said was that mm. Kerri-Anne Kennedy still has some time to run on her contract and Channel 10 have elected to pay her out because they don't want controversy. So what they don't want to happen is actually have a situation where they can get a backlash from potential advertisers or current advertisers because we're seeing a lot of um, uh, protesting through... Uh, groups like Sleeping Giants that will target advertisers if they don't like comments that have been said on a show. Ten feel that they're not in a position to upset any potential advertiser because we're in a downturn of the advertising market and they've decided to get rid of all the controversial elements of Studio Ten. CAC is one of those elements, so she is being paid out. And uh, that's why Joe Hildebrand is being he's in negotiations at the moment, but that's why it looks like Andrew Rochford will take the chair with Sarah Harris on, on a show that will look like a carbon copy of The Morning Show and Today Extra. Well, if you want to check out that that's podcast, wrong. it is... 58 minutes of pure joy. Rob McKnight's on there. No tantrums this week, so really disappointing to some of his fan base. But really fantastic episode. It's on iTunes. And guess what? The only thing else I was going to tell you is, hey, Rob, we've run out of time, but we were going to talk about Ellen DeGeneres, your favourite. <laughs> Tomorrow. I love a good Ellen tomorrow. story because they're <laughs> 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 you're smart, bum. All right, we'll see you tomorrow on the Ben, Robin, Robbo Show. Thanks for your company. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. It's the Ben. Yes, I almost said bye. For Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.